My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Baji here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Tom Beal. He helps serious business owners generate more clients, close more sales, and increase their overall revenue and profits quickly and inexpensively. He's also the host of the Make Today Great podcast. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on. Basha, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited for our conversation today. Likewise, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Sure. Wow. So briefly, I was born a teenager, 17-year-old mother, 19-year-old father, grew up around four divorces and six marriages between my parents, went to nine different schools by eighth grade, was welfare, alcoholism, abuse, neglect, a whole bunch of craziness that I lived through as a child. Lots of tears were shed. Lots of lessons were learned that I wouldn't wish on anybody. And I'm not sharing that to say that I had it worse than anybody else, but I am sharing that that helped me recognize that chaos was a part of life in a really hands-on real world experience. And that allowed me to excel in various things. I was good in school. And then I also excelled in sports. I was a top wrestler. I became a national bicycle champion. Um, We had a team where we toured around uh, and did tricks on bikes. I was a freestyle national champion. So the tricks like gymnastics on a bike. And so we had sponsors and we had tours that were going on and and I figured life, I'd figured life out as a teenager. And then through the divorces, uh, they continued with my mother, who was the manager of our team. That led to us losing the sponsorships and losing uh, that momentum that we had. Uh, her, her last divorce actually kind of had her, had her have a mental breakdown. And that kind of pulled that carpet out of that whole trajectory. And then I found myself working in a factory with earplugs in and went from signing autographs and being that national champion and the person on the microphone to in a factory working, like what the heck's going on here? And that led me to jump into the Marine Corps. I became number one honor man out of boot camp in the United States Marine Corps. I was meritoriously promoted three times in my four years uh, while in the Marine Corps. Got out of the Marine Corps and got into sales and became number one in five sales organizations. And I felt that it was time for me to become an entrepreneur. And even though I'd been the honor man, I'd been the national bicycle champion, I'd been number one in five sales organizations, I skidded on my face for a long time, once I figured uh, it was time for me to be an entrepreneur, I thought I'd make records. I'd be the, the, the multimillionaire in record time. And I learned a lot of painful lessons being that entrepreneur. And, and then figuring some things out and doing some things, I was able to, and fortunate to produce multiple tens of millions of dollars in results online, and then get back to being on stage and, and sharing how I was able to do what I did with my business partners and with the trajectory and the results that we had to help others dream bigger, and put the proper steps in place to turn their dreams into reality. So it's been one heck of a journey. That's the brief mm-hmm. nutshell of it. But uh, that's that's who Tom is and where I am now. And that's what I do is help people get from where they are now to where they want to be through clarity and through some of the uh, steps that I've learned in my school of hard knocks uh, education. That is insane. <laughs> I would is love insane. to know. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned that you were skidding on your face for a good few years that you Mm -hmm. learned a lot of painful Mm -hmm. lessons. What was the most painful lesson that you learned starting out? 
All right, so I had what I called my $50 million library. And this was back when I was uh, transitioning from the corporate world to being an entrepreneur. And what that library was, was a uh, multi-thousand dollar uh, library of Nightingale Conant products, uh, the tapes, the CDs. It was, it was, and I literally had cassette tapes and CDs. But then I also, prior to being able to afford those, would go to the library and check out a lot of the audio books. And I would duplicate them. So I, I had this tower of information and, and it was called at the time um, Automob Automobile University by Brian Tracy, by Zig Ziglar. And so while I was traveling around as a salesperson in the corporate world, I was listening to these tapes and I, I really resonated with Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and Joe Vitale and uh, a list goes on, Dennis Waitley and uh, uh, Jay Abraham was one of them. Um, W. Clement Stone, Napoleon Hill, all these, these greats. And I was listening to it. And one of the terms that I heard was a self-made millionaire. And I was pounding my chest like, that's it. I'm going to be that self-made millionaire. And I misinterpreted what self-made millionaire was. I was of the false belief that that was, if it's going to be, it's up to me mentality. So I interpreted self-made millionaire as if it's going to be, it's up to me, meaning I'm going to do it all. I don't need a team. I don't need anybody else. I'm just going to do it all because I can do it better than anybody. Anyhow, I've already proved, you know, in the Marine Corps and bike riding and in sales, I've always been that go-getter. So I'll be this go-getter as the entrepreneur. Well, fast forward um, to me struggling. That was the biggest and hardest lesson uh, of the misinterpretation of self-made millionaire. It was years later that I finally was listening to a Brian Tracy training. Um, and Brian was like, yeah, well, my team, I have a team of over 40 people. And that fried my interpretation of self-made millionaires. Like, wait a minute, Brian, you're the one that I learned self-made millionaire from. How can you claim that and have a team of 40 people? And so I actually have had face-to-face uh, -face conversations and, and, and with Brian. I said, Brian, I was one, and I think one of possibly many who misinterpreted your version of self-made millionaire. I thought that was, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And there I was working 20-hour days working in things that I sucked at, working at things that weren't my expertise. And I was like, well, it's, it's got to be done by me because I'm a self-made millionaire. And I was wasting so much time. And it wasn't until I transitioned from that aha moment that shattered my misinterpretation to recognizing everyone who is a self-made millionaire is smart enough to embrace the fact that they can't do it all. And they have to bring in other experts to build that team. You know, I don't, I don't care how good a football player is, we were just talking how you're in uh, Houston. My brother played for the, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't matter how good a football player is. They can't be one person against the team of 11. They have to have each team member be that specific role for that position. And similarly in a business, a self-made millionaire is that, uh, that coach of the team that they build. Say, hey, here's the goal that we have as a team. We're going to get there. So that misinterpretation of, some of the lessons from some of my heroes, I misinterpreted as being a self-made millionaire as like, yeah, if it's going to be, it's up to me, I'm gonna do it all. To finally learning those hard lessons, like it's time to build a team, a team of amazing people that can help me and the big vision and the goals that I have become reality through teamwork. That, that does sound like a tough lesson. See, I was always under the interpretation that self-made was, you know, you did it yourself. Yes. But it wasn't handed down to you. I always place more emphasis on, you know, it wasn't inherited. Like I, I worked for this, whether it was with a team, whether it was completely by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was a very powerful lesson. And it took me uh, about five years of doing it all myself 
and really recognizing that there's there's only 24 hours in a day. No one has hacked that to get more other than when you build a team, you can now get 10 people working 40 hours a week. So you could have 400 hours in a week with a team of 10 people. And, and, and that's where if you look at those large businesses and people getting great results, it's them um, breaking the 24 uh, hour model of just yourself to now building that team where cumulatively you can get much more done when you have a whole team working towards that goal, that effort. Absolutely. And you're not spreading yourself too thin. You can make sure every task is done to the best that it can possibly be done by delegating. And you stay in your sweet spot. You stay in your zone of genius. And that's, you put boundaries up. Like this is where I'm needed and this is what I'm good at and everything else. You have other people with other expertise and talents take care of the rest. Absolutely. I would love to hear what was the turning point from building your own business to helping other people build their businesses? There was a turning point. It was live events, actually. Live events. When I started to go to live events in January 2005, it was being the this, this solopreneur, being that isolated island type of, of mentality to now tapping into live events and seeing other people um, having their level of success individually, but also recognizing there was a lot of similarities, different businesses, different um, goals and aspirations, but a lot of similarities. And so when I started going to live events, that really helped me embrace um, that you can learn so much from other people's journeys. And that was the eye opener for me to, to then answer the question that people had posed to me throughout the history that you heard of being the national bicycle champion, the top wrestler, the honor man out of boot camp, number one in five sales organizations, and then go on to produce some great results uh, in the internet marketing space. People always ask me, how do you do it? Tom, how do you do it? And in the beginning, I would give just blow off answers. Like, I guess I'm lucky the right place at the right time. But it was... Actually, it was sitting on the side of the road on September 11th, 2001, listening to the horrible events that happened on that day that it hit me like it's time to truly answer that question seriously. How did I become that top wrestler? How did I become the national bicycle champion? How did I become number one in five sales organizations? And that's where I, I said I need a system. And, and my brain replied with an answer that I didn't like. And my brain replied with what well, was different what you did in wrestling than what you did in bike riding. It was different that you did there to what you did to become the honor man out of boot camp. And it was different in each of the sales organizations of what you did to become number one. But I didn't like that answer. I asked a better question. I said, what were the five things that were in each of those unrelated areas that I excelled at? What were, what are five things that were traits that were in each of those individual unique experiences? And so I posed that question after September 11, 2001, and my mind came up with an answer to that question. So one of the big lessons right away is, ask yourself better questions. And, and if you don't like the answer that you get from your own mind, ask yourself a more clarifying question. So my mind was replying that it was different from all those, all those unique activities. So I, I didn't like that answer. I said, what were the five commonalities in all those unique experiences that allowed me to go from not knowing anything to being the top? And so that's where my success magnet system came from, asking better questions. And so it led to me answering that and coming up with what was the process for me. So my five-step success magnet system was the, the epiphany that I then shared from stages and helped others. Like, hey, here's the formula that you probably, if you look throughout history, you'll see these people apply these five steps, whether they knew it or not. I'm going to share them with you. 
And you now can proactively put these to any goals that you have personally or professionally for your health, your relationships, or your finances. So the five steps are first, you have to have that vision. I'm here and I see myself being here, right? So health is a real quick and easy one. I, I, I woke up in 2010, I'd become fat and happy. And being a wrestler, I'd always been in great shape. And I looked in the mirror. Actually, I saw some pictures from a, a, a cruise that we were on. I was like, what the heck happened to me? I, I got my eye off the ball. I became fat and happy. So I had a vision of getting myself back into shape. So the as is and the should be, like, where are you and where do you want to be? That's an easy one that we can all see. If we're, we're ever in that slump where we're not putting the proper effort to our health, it's easy to see that and, and then say, okay, I want to be healthy, right? And it's also easy to see that in business. Okay, my results currently are here. I envision being here. So first you have to have that vision. Um, then you have to have step number two, belief. Belief that it's possible. Belief that it's possible for you. Belief in the law of cause and effect. Belief in the fact that if others have done it, you can probably do it too. Belief in your company, your product, your service, if we're talking about business, um, being number one in sales, I had to believe in the company, the product, the service, belief in myself. Uh, all of those things are components. Uh, belief in the law of cause and effect, belief in um, the law of sowing and reaping. Um, and then the third step is identify and align. Find yourself a proper mentor, basically someone who's done what you're seeking to do, who's accomplished what you're seeking to accomplish and align yourself to the best of your abilities. And back in the day, it was much harder to do that because you'd have audio tapes, you'd have videos, but there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't Audible, there wasn't a lot of the resources that are available today. So it's much easier today through social media and other uh, amazing technological advances to uh, get the information from people who've done what you're seeking to accomplish. And also, there's so many people that have done what you're seeking to accomplish. It's who do you resonate with? right? Because the same message can be shared by 10, 20 different people, but who resonates with you? Who do you, you know what? I like this person. I like how they're sharing it and identify those people and align yourself with them. So you watching this, you're here watching this. So I, I commend you. You're, you're taking the proper steps. The fourth step is commitment to action, right? If you're, if you're not as fit as you want to be and your goal is to be fit, you got to take the proper steps, right? Eating healthy, uh, smaller portions, uh, moving more, uh, getting the proper rest and, and working out, right? Whatever that means to you. You got to take the proper action. The same applies to business. You got to be willing to do the work, roll up your sleeves and do the work. Uh, and the key commitment to action is um, improper action gets you much further than proper inaction, right? If you take improper steps, you're going to learn lessons and you, you, you modify and adjust accordingly. And that's going to get you on that proper path. So Basically going from inaction to action was the key. Um, and then the fifth step is have fun. This journey's brief and uh, uh, you wanna make the most of it. At least you, you don't have to do anything, but I would encourage you to uh, recognize the analogy that I have is we are all as humans at the most amazing amusement park in the universe, being a human here on earth. And just like when we're at amusement park with our friends or family, whether it's for a day, two days, three days or a week, it's over like that. I mean, think about it. You're there for the beginning of a week-long trip to the music park, and oh, you're all excited, and you're going. And before you know it, you're packing up, and you're leaving. So when I share uh, stages, and, and I generally open up uh, live events, and, and I'm MC to many uh, amazing events, I'm like, look, before you know it, we're all going to be going home. Like, we're starting this event right now, but it's going to be over before you know it. So is this life, right? So when you look at life as being, we're here at the most amazing amusement park in the universe, it's going to be over before you know it. The key is, are you going for it? 
and use that similar thought process of like when you are with your friends and family to amusement park, when I'm with my friends and family, we're always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Okay. We just rode this. We're going to ride it again. Are we going to the next ride? Next ride. Okay. What ride are we going to? Okay. That ride. Great. I don't know how to get there. We need to ask somebody, Hey, how do you get to this ride? Okay, great. And you don't remember all the turns, but you start walking in that direction. Then you see someone else who works there. Hey, we're looking to this ride. How do we get there? And, and you're walking with purpose. You're walking fast and you finally get there. And sometimes the ride's down. Sorry, folks, the ride's closed. You don't sit down and cry and like, oh, that's it. The day's ruined. You know, I guess the whole day's shot. No, you're like, oh, crap. All right. What are we going to do now? Which, which ride do we want to go on now? And, and in, the, in this amusement park, you don't want to ride every ride. The goal when you go to the amusement park isn't to ride every ride in the amusement park. It's to identify the ones that bring you joy and bring you excitement. And those are the ones you want to ride. So the goals are different. So you can be with your friends at an amusement park and the old version to me, I was, I was always a people pleaser growing up from all the divorces and marriages, you know, like love me, I'm good enough, all that type of stuff um, to where if I'm at the music park, hey, I want to go ride this ride. And everyone's else, else like, no, I don't want to go ride that ride. I'm like, oh, I guess I won't go ride that ride because I wanted I do what everyone else wanted. Now, when you emotionally mature, you can be at this amusement park in life and be like, hey, I'm going this ride. I'm excited to go see this. I want to ride it. People are like, oh, I'm really not. I want to go see that. Like, OK, cool. I'm going to go ride it. We'll meet up afterwards. Right. Go, go live your life in this amusement park, yes. not other people's life. Live your life and be mature enough, emotionally mature. Like, look, this is the ride out. I, I got to ride. I'm here. I'm going to go ride this. And if people want to come with you, great. If they don't, that's cool too. Meet up with them afterwards. You are on this journey. That's your unique experience to be the joyous creator at this most amazing amusement park in the universe. And it's your journey, not other people's and make the most of it. So that little small analogy that I share with people helps connect the dots to have fun on this journey, right? Don't take life so seriously, right? So there's the brief recap of your question. I, I love, I love, I love that analogy though, because it, when you think about it that way, it takes off so much pressure, um, when it comes to making mistakes, when it comes to people that you leave behind, when it comes to everything that's related in the business journey, it's, Mm -hmm. it makes it, everything seem way less serious than it actually is. Correct. And in the end, at the end of things, I mean, my book is titled, you are not dead yet. Right. That's where we all end up. And and this trip to the most amazing music park is over in a snap. I lost my mother diagnosed and gone of cancer at 52 years old. I lost my father diagnosed and gone at 56 years old. A couple of years later, 2007, my mom passed at 52, 2009, my dad passed at 56. And it was unexpected. They, they were only 17 and 19 when I was born. So they weren't that much older than me. And it was just a shock, right? And I had my own near-death experience where I was walking towards a bright white light and said, stop, this isn't how it's supposed to end. I know you had more for me to accomplish. Send me back. And that actually was on September 11th, 1998 from a single car, single car accident. I was taken uh, from that accident scene, helicopter lifted to the emergency uh, room. I was in intensive care when I woke up and had a respirator breathing for me. And the doctors and nurses told me I may never walk or talk again. I never once believed that I would never walk or talk again. I would just, I couldn't talk, but I shook my head. No, I never saw that version of me. So there's going to be people with authority telling you that your dream is out of your reach and you can respect their authority and respect their perspective. But if they're friends or family and even authorities, they're not saying it to crush your dreams. They're just sharing the odds are stacked against that particular dream, which all dreams, the odds are stacked against it. You can't have that vision. Your vision is what's going to carry you through to take the actions, you know, vision, belief, identify a line, commitment to action and have fun. 
be that vision and allow that to pull you through even when you have people in authority positions telling you that that's not a very high possibility. It's actually rigged that you're probably most likely gonna fail. But if you're having fun at this amazing amusement park, um, it's all part of the fun. You're here to be a joyous creator. And if you can really, like, what's your purpose? Everyone's like, what's my purpose? I say it's two words, joyous creation. And it's different for each of us. What brings you joy? Do that, right? It's okay, do that. For me, I get joy, I guess, probably from me being raised or born to teenagers and raised around all that chaos. I wished I had someone. I wished I had someone to help me and guide me. So I was like, man, if I ever get there, if I ever have success, I want to be able to help others, like navigate through this craziness and get to happiness, to get to be that joyous creator and enjoy the journey, right? Because there's another fallacy a lot of people have is I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I reach that pinnacle. I'll be happy when I achieve those results. I'll be happy when I get that, that man, that woman, that car, that house, whatever. The happy when syndrome is a, is a, 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 a journey that doesn't lead to fulfillment and happiness now. And now is where your point of power is. Now is really where you must be. There's a famous book from years ago, Be Here Now. And there's many books that talk about that, the power of now. And, and that's really where and, and where we only have our power is here and now. We can't change a thing of a word or an action that was taken in the past. Here and now is all that we have control over, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And what we choose to do now leads us to the multiplicity of infinite uses, the versions of us in the future. The steps that we take today determine where we are from dead and gone to multi-billionaire. And I encourage people to get clear on what that best version of them is in their health, their relationships, their finances, that one that they can see 20 years from now, that's who I want to be. And send that, boom, shoot that line and have that line there. And, and, then, and then have that person from 20 years from now come back and consult you. Hey, in order to get here, here's what you're going to have to think, say, and do, right? And, and if you want to get here, this is what you must do now because what you do now determines where you're going to be 20 years from now. God willing, we make it there. And then also that's part one of the most important conversation you have. Part two is to go back 20 years ago and talk to yourself then in the, in the deepest, darkest moments that you were in. Like, so 20 years ago, it's a little bit after September 11th, 01, uh, you know, where were you? A lot of people can still remember that. You're so young, you might not remember it, but, <laughs> but most people my age know exactly where you were 20 years ago, shortly after 9-11. What would be the insights that you would coach yourself with 20 years ago? And, and like you're, you are the one that you should love most, right? So if, you're, if you love helping others, you want to help that version of you 20 years ago. For me, it's like, look, man, you got a, you got a crazy road ahead. Like there's a lot of great things and there's a lot of terrible things and everything in between. But um, whenever you're feeling down and discouraged, stand up, dust yourself off, learn the lesson and take that next step. Like just, just find the things to be grateful for, get back to your vision. Where are you? Where are you looking to go in your health, your relationships and finances, make the proper choices and, and trust your discernment. What's yours to do now? And, and going back to that uh, amusement park analogy, every moment at the amusement park, it's literally what's next. Like, so just trust that you're, you, you make it like there's times when you look, you, you, you find yourself in situations like, well, I guess this was it. Like it was a good run, but apparently it's all over now. This, there's no getting out of this. There's those deep, dark moments. But you're like, you know what? You are a kick butt problem solver. You figure stuff out. And yes, it sucks. Yes, there's tears. Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's chaos. Yes, there's lessons learned. 
but you figure it out and you, you, you get up and you take that next step. Where are you and where are you going? There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be, you're going to be disappointed in yourself. Some of the choices you make are stupid. Like if I can go back and talk to some of the, 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 the decisions I made in my past, I probably beat my own butt. Like what, what, <laughs> what are you, what, what you are you doing? That's, so you and right, right? <laughs> That's the dumbest thing you could ever do. What are you doing? Right. So, so you do that out of love, but you don't beat yourself up. Right. You, you're like, look, yeah. you, you make it, you are a kick butt problem solver, but you're here. And now this is where your power is. And it's key for you to understand God willing, you make it 20 years from now, which version of you do you want to be? And what would that version come back and tell you? And then it's really, are, are you in alignment? Are you thinking, speaking, and acting to it's leading you towards that version? Or are you just lying to yourself and you're, you're saying that's what you're going to be, but the thoughts, words, and actions you're taking today are leading to a much lower level of who you're going to be 20 years from now. It all boils back to the choices you're making right now. If you're watching this, that version of you is looking strong. So I commend you. You're taking the right steps. And now hopefully some of these insights we're talking about here can give you that most important conversation, the one with you 20 years from now and the one with you 20 years ago. Very, very insightful conversations that I highly recommend you take. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that insight. That was amazing, especially especially the amusement park analogy. I love that. It definitely helped me. And I'm sure that it'll, it'll help somebody else who's listening as well. We are slowly yeah. running out of time. So I'd, like, I'd love to cover a few more questions before we jump off. But sure. with all of your success, what is your biggest challenge today? Hmm. Biggest challenge is to not become complacent. Like, and that's something that I, I help a lot of my clients that are, they, they had dreams and they far exceeded their dreams. And it's like the back from the moon syndrome, I guess, you know, now what? Like I, I far surpassed my dreams. And to have that feeling of, well, I guess I did, you know, it's like being that high school quarterback who won the championship or whatever. And then that's, you're talking about that 20 years from now. So it's easy to kind of feel like, well, I guess I did it. You know, and I, I've, I've talked, I'm, I'm reflecting on some conversations I've had with people that are very well known, respected, and have done tremendously well. And it's, it's part of my role is to like, wait a second. So you're feeling that your best isn't yet to come. Like, why would you feel that your best isn't yet to come? Like, so whatever you've accomplished, and even if you far surpass any big dreams that you've had, I'm of the belief that like just at the amusement park, it's like, oh, well, I rode that ride. I guess I'm just going to go sit in the corner here and not ride any more rides. Like, why? Like, like ride the ride again, go do it again, or, or go find, go explore and see what other options are available for you in this amusement park. Right. So it's, it's reinvigorating and keeping the what's next, you know, that, that passion of what's next. And, and people call it big, hairy, audacious goals. You know, there, there's all sorts of terms for it, but you want to have, if you've been to the moon, for Mars now, right? It's, it's like, what's that next level? You've, you've learned the lessons that you learned to accomplish what you've accomplished. What's next? What's that big moonshot that gets you excited, that gets you jazzed up? And so I work with a lot of people that have done tens of millions, hundreds of millions, and some ridiculously uh, amazing things that they've, they've accomplished. And to have that false belief that I've done all that was mine to do is, is it's totally false. Like, I feel it's important for me and everyone that I come in contact with what's next, what's that next thing that gets you excited. And if you really think about those people that have accomplished tremendous things, they, they, they get that, that adventure. They, they, they feel that joy that, that they had when they were just going for the impossible dream. And not only did they turn that into the reality, but in many cases far surpassed that. So the biggest thing is to not become complacent and continually get 
to that point of excitement of what's next. And that, mm-hmm. that I feel is, is my biggest challenge and what I love do, doing and helping others uh, find uh, for themselves. I love it. I love it. Let's cover your podcast really quickly. It's titled mm-hmm. Make Today Great. What's the mm-hmm. meaning behind that? And what kind of topics do you cover on it? So Make Today Great came from Zig Ziglar being one of my heroes growing up. Um, Zig had some statements, uh, see you at the top and see you over the top. And I was like, man, and, and this is in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm like, I need something that, that that's that tagline for me. So I love Zig, see you at the top, see you over the top. And so Make Today Great came to be my salutation. So I sign off all my videos with Make Today Great. I sign off all my emails with Make Today Great. Um, and I have t-shirts, uh, today I don't have one, but, uh, I normally have, I have a whole bunch of different colored t-shirts that say make today great on them. That's just my mantra. And, um, I help people embrace that. And for me, making today great starts with my morning routine, my morning hour of power, where I get up and walk for an hour. Uh, and wherever I'm in the world, I, I get up and walk a half hour, in one direction, half an hour back at a fast pace. And that's my way to mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually get to groundedness, get to gratitude and gain clarity on appreciation of another day. Like there's roughly 150,000 people each day that didn't wake up every day, uh, roughly 150,000 people throughout the wor- world. Yesterday was their last day. Many of them didn't know it. And, uh, uh, I'm just thankful I get another day, another 24 hours. So make today great. That starts with my my hour of power in the morning. And uh, funny enough, I'm at the halfway point now. I'm, I, I didn't do this video in my home office. I'm at the studio, which I'm two miles from the beach here in Boca Raton. And this studio is one mile in between. So I walk past this every day to the beach. I did this morning as well. So two mile there, two mile back, four miles round trip. It just so happens when I'm home, I live in paradise. I love that. I love traveling at places, but I come back to paradise. It's amazing. Uh, but that morning, our power uh, sets me up to make today great right off the bat. So I highly recommend that's something if you haven't done yet, uh, try it for a while. Go walk for uh, wherever you are. And, and uh, trust me, I've been, uh, I'm from upstate New York originally. So I, I know what the winters are like. Here it's endless summer I, by choice. I love being in endless summer, but in, I, I uh, grew up in snow and I did running as a wrestler in the snow and stuff. So wherever you are, get up and walk for an hour in the morning. But uh, when you reach a certain point, know that you're not a tree and you don't have to stay places. So I, I moved out of the snow to here roughly 12 years ago. And I love traveling the world, but I also love coming home. So uh, make sure make sure you live in a place that brings you that joy uh, and excitement as well. Love it. I love it. What, what have some of your biggest challenges been around growing your podcast? Um, I have no goals over the growth of my podcast. I guess I'm different than a lot of people. Like I just, I do what I feel is mine to do. And, and I, I sometimes go on a, a long streak of producing great content for my podcast and other times not. Um, and that's not by any stretch of the imagination, the right way to do it. But my whole journey has really not been uh, by the book. I, I break the mold a lot of, a lot of ways. So I don't think that there is really a right or wrong way to do it. Well, the, the right way is consistency, right? Consistency is the key, right? If you want to grow your podcast, the key is consistency. And so whether that's a once a week podcast or, you know, uh, two times a week, whatever, whatever it is, I would highly, it's, it's a real big commitment to go with daily. A lot of people jump into daily and it's a much larger commitment than many people, uh, understand in the beginning. Oh yeah. Um, but, but the real truth is 
consistency for podcasts once a week, twice a week, whatever you choose, make sure that that's a ritual that you don't break. So for me, if I'm coaching myself and I had a goal to grow my podcast, it would be first be consistent. What day and time can people count on getting that content from you? Uh, And that's rule number one, in my opinion, for uh, growing your podcast is being consistent. And then the cool part about that is, um, and it kind of is, is in my, my wheelhouse as well. Um, you do it just for the sake of doing it and knowing for the fortunate who are crossing paths with it, they're going to benefit greatly and don't get caught up in how many people, right? You can start with your friends and family and whether that's two or five people, that's great. Gets up to 10, gets up to 20, gets up to, you know, 50, a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, a hundred thousand. Fantastic. But do it for the love of you doing what you know is yours to do, sharing your unique personality, experience, and perspective. And you can have many people in the same niche sharing their personality, experience, and perspective, but there's going to be people that resonate with you. So make sure that you're doing it. So a lot of my messages, guess who they're speaking to? Me, right? I do things that help me. And oh, by the way, it helps others who cross paths with it, right? So all this stuff that we've talked about here came from me trying to figure it out and what helped me. So a lot of the stuff that I do in my podcast and in just my general speaking on stage and and wherever I am, it's sharing insights that have been super helpful for me that also can be helpful for those that are fortunate to cross paths with. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you love the most about podcasting? I love that it's simple and easy to do now versus years ago. So I I remember back in like 07 when I had friends and and, and they were like, yeah, I just started a podcast. And and, and I was like, yeah. And I I started one for a while back then. And then some of them stayed consistent with it. And holy cow, that really paid off. And that's the key, consistency. So, um, but man, it was difficult way back when. Nowadays with Anchor.fm or Spotify and all the different technological advances that have occurred since 2007, like it's so easy to be consistent. I get, and that yes. really, it, so to be consistent, it used to have to require a team or a lot of extra work and effort. Nowadays, you just make that commitment to be consistent and you as a solopreneur can do it. And if you have a team member or two, great, that makes it even better. But it doesn't, it's so much easier now to do than it used to be. Um, that said, there's more competition, but also uh, similar to what we've discussed numerous times, there's people that can hear it from somebody else, but they're not going to hear it from you with your unique personality, experience, and perspective. You're the one that can resonate and share a similar message with people that uh, they'll finally get and they'll resonate because they like your, you, your personality, your experience, and your perspective. Absolutely. And I think that that's also very encouraging for people that are scared to get into the space because they feel like there's so many people that are already in their niche that are already talking about the same things that they're talking about. But you're so right. You need to find the people that resonate with you. And the more people you have that are doing it, the more options there are for people who are listening to podcasts to find who they identify with and vice versa. So I think that by itself is also encouraging for people who are a little scared to get into it. Yeah. Oh, and I'll just share a quick story. So back when I was a sales manager, prior to getting into being an entrepreneur, like I had my Nightingale Conant library. So I handed out my, my Tony Robbins, my Zig Ziglar, my Brian Tracy, and this is a really powerful lesson. So I, and I, I'd, I'd hand those, th- those three in particular out and I'd wait for the feedback. Like this is life-changing stuff. This is going to help you sell more, help you, you know, produce more for yourself and your family. And the person that I handed the Tony Robbins stuff to was like, oh man, he's just so hype. He's just all 
loud talk and this and that. I'm like, what? And I, I made the mistake of trying to convince them how that's material. Like, get over all that and gain the insights and, and apply it and watch how it transforms your life. So people didn't like Tony Robbins because he was too hypey. Then Zig Ziglar, the guy's feedback was, ah, oh, I couldn't get past a couple minutes of his country accident. I'm like, what? Like, get past it and learn the valuable lessons. That, and then the other person for Brian Tracy, they're like, ah, oh, I'd rather watch paint dry. Brian's so boring. I'm like, oh. so the, the lesson the lesson is multifold. One, those are three amazing people who have changed so many lives, yet there's people that don't like them. They can't, they can't spend a few minutes listening because Tony's too hyped up. Uh, Zig has the country accent and Brian Tracy's drier, you know, pretty dry, right? I have a, so, so to get past that, there's the concept of take the best, leave the rest, right? So I learn from everybody because I'm looking for the message and the lesson, not how it's delivered. I'm unique and I understand that. So I'll go through um, the stuff that would push some people away because I'm looking for that lesson. So I'll take the best, leave the rest. But the other thing, as you mentioned, that's so powerful in this world is those are three. And you name any of the top people nowadays, Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Gary. I spoke on stage with him many years ago. Uh, my old business partner was the first person that put him on stage when he was doing the wine stuff. But there's people that hate Gary. Why? Because he swears is one reason. Right. He swears. And that pushes some people away. Okay, great. That's They aren't taking the best, leave the rest. Then there's some people that hate Grant Cardone or, or that hate the Wolf of Wall Street. They hate, you know, all these people who have huge followings. There's reasons that people hate them. And, and guess what? You can have a similar message. And no matter what you do, SW4 applies. Some will love it. Some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. So that's that's another powerful lesson. So no matter who is sharing information, some will love it. Some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. So know that even though like there's some people that hate me, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's their choice. And I used to worry, like, let me convince you why you want to you want to like me and listen to me. No, look, at, I'm not for everybody. Some will love it. Some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. And that's that's emotional maturity as well. But know that there's people out there that hate all these big players, all those big names. There's people that hate them and there's people that will love you. And there's going to be people that will hate you, too. And you got to it's hard to get to that emotional maturity where you don't let the haters you know, hit you in your heart. But. Right. Uh, that's part of the game too. Like just, just continue being you. I have a statement. I am me. F you. I am me fully and unapologetically. Some are going to love it. Some are. So what? Someone's waiting. So I would encourage you to be you. F you fully and unapologetically. Thank you so much. I think that's a perfect spot to leave off Dom. Thank you so much for coming perfect. on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to have you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition 
without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.